Brothers and sisters, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Independence Day is still fresh on our minds. It just occurred last weekend. As we celebrated all the wonderful freedoms we have in this country, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, the press, right to bear arms, so on and so forth, there are many things for us to be blessed in this nation. And thing about Independence Day got me thinking about what it actually means for us to be independent. Now, not in the sense of a group of colonies becoming separated and declared independent from a foreign nation and the tyranny and control of a monarch. I wanted to focus on what it means to be independent more in the general sense. I came across a video this past week of a media group asking a group of both adults and children out on the streets what it means to them to be independent. Of course, many of the people who answered the question answered in the general, well, you know, all the freedoms we have in this country uh, helps us to remind us that we're independent, you know, freedom of speech, religion, so on and so forth. But some of the answers that I heard were a little bit more intriguing, and I want to focus on those this morning. When the question was asked of them, what does it mean to you to be independent? Some of the people answered, well, it means I can do whatever I want to do. No one, not anyone else, can tell me what I can or can't do. That's what independence means to me. Interesting. You know, when it comes down to it, basically what the word independent means is that you are free from any control outside of yourself and that one is not dependent on another for support or livelihood. Self-reliant, self-sufficient, self-sustaining, maybe even self-focused. And that got me thinking about our epistle text from Romans 8, where I couldn't help but notice, but Paul seems to set up two completely different lifestyles, one of independence and one of dependence. One clear mindset that seems to be focused all and solely on the self, whereas the other lifestyle seems to seek the help and life-sustaining support of another. Yet first, I want to quickly look at this dependent lifestyle with you. Paul talks about this lifestyle in terms of a child. Now, we all know what a child is and how a child acts. Everyone here this morning and everyone listening online has been a child at one point in their life and or has had children or grandchildren of your own. A child is definitely dependent on the support of another person. They need that constant support and upbringing. Food, clothing, shelter, purpose, and the list could keep going on and on. Children need someone else in their life to receive that support and to provide for all of their needs. And that's exactly what Paul describes this dependent lifestyle as like a child. It's one of depending on God to provide for all of their needs. It's one of relying on that support, care, and each and every need of both body and soul. 
It's even seeking after and living his family values and making them your own in your life. However, there's that other lifestyle that Paul talks about as well. And it's definitely not one of dependence. It's not one of relying on God for all the things that we need in life. It's a lifestyle of complete and total independence. Self-reliant, self-sufficient, self-sustaining, self-seeking, self-focused. Paul describes it as flesh-living lifestyle. Meaning that your values are rooted in the world and what you want most. It's all about yourself and no one else. And I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of flesh-living lifestyles going on in our world today. No matter where you look, out on our streets, our places of employment, our neighborhoods, our country, social media, you turn on the TV just to watch the daily news and you see it everywhere. Everyone is focused on themselves and what matters most to them. Not at all caring about the needs of others. You see, our world today is full of anger and hatred, violence and oppression, hurting others, puffing up yourself, You just see left and right right now, presently. You look on social media and the news. You see protesters and anti-protesters who are yelling and screaming at each other in the streets, hurting each other physically. You see people driving their cars into the protesters, only thinking about themselves. I don't know how many times I've seen the video on Facebook or YouTube where someone is in a public place and they're complaining because they have to wear a mask and not thinking at all about the health and the safety of those around them. And we here, we shake our heads at them. We think they're awful people. They're the scum of the earth to act that way. But when we think about it, we take a hard look at ourselves, we realize, hey, We've fallen into that worldly, flesh-living lifestyle trap, too, every now and again. We want what we want, and no one, not even God himself, can tell us what we can and cannot do. We seek to be independent, self-reliant, self-sufficient, self-sustaining, self-seeking, self-focused. And in doing so, Paul describes this lifestyle not at all free, like we'd view independence, like when we celebrate 4th of July every year. No, Paul views this independent lifestyle as a burden, a sinful slavery to ourselves. And it crushes us. It burdens us, it overwhelms us until it consumes us and takes us over completely until it changes our entire identity into just being another person living in the world, living after that flesh lifestyle. And we join right in in the anger and the hate 
and the violence and the hurting of others and the sinful living lifestyle, not caring at all about the oppressed and those who are forgotten in our society. The family values that should shape us as children of God are completely forgotten. And instead, they're replaced by our own construed and constructed values that are focused only on ourselves and what we want. It's all focused on me, myself, and I. But brothers and sisters, that's not who we are. That's not who God has called us to be. You see, we're called by God to live We haven't been called by God to live that fleshly world lifestyle, burdened by sin and thoughts, words, and and actions that are defined by ourselves. No, God's called us to be his children, living a lifestyle according to his family values as the church. He's called us to be fully dependent upon him, to rely upon the relationship that he himself has established through Jesus. You see, rather than have us be burdened by our sin and our lifestyle that focuses solely on ourselves, God placed the burden upon himself. He took that slavery of sin and self-seeking, selfish thinking, and he thinks about us first and foremost by placing it on Jesus for you, and for me, and for the entire world as well. And doing so, he burdens himself, his son Jesus, by placing it all on him on the cross. And because of this, God establishes that new relationship with us as our Heavenly Father, one in which we are fully dependent upon him, dependent as his children, to provide for all of our needs, both spiritually and physically. And through this, God completely transforms our entire way of living and thinking. As children of God, we're called no longer to focus just inwardly and on ourselves and what we want. We're no longer called to be independent people, living a worldly flesh lifestyle that only burdens and weighs us down. No, instead, God calls us to live as his children, led by his spirit, no longer burdened, but now truly freed, a spirit-living lifestyle. And he calls us to be different from the rest of the world, forgetting the self and rather looking out to the needs of those around us with the values of his family, his church, on the forefront of our mind. Paul talks about this spirit-living lifestyle in his same letter to the Galatians. You know, the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Not a single one of those values that Paul lists is selfish thinking. It's all about living a life in worship and praise to God and in love and service to your neighbor. And this lifestyle is so completely different and absolutely countercultural to what the world 
values today. Because it's all about living that life of worship to God and service to others. And that's exactly what our world needs today. And it's a good thing. Because we see a world around us where people want what they want. They don't care all about the needs of those around them. There's anger and hatred, violence and oppression, hurting hearts, hurting lives, hurting families, hurting communities. What an opportunity for us as the children of God, the church, to go out into our neighborhoods, our places of work, our communities, our state, our country, our world, and to live out that spirit-filled lifestyle in the midst of them. What an opportunity for us to look first and foremost after the needs of others. Forgetting ourselves. Focusing first and foremost on the needs of those around us. Those who are hurting the most. Those who might feel burdened and overwhelmed by their sins and by what's going on around them in the world. God has placed you and I in this season for a very specific reason. First, to remember that you are a child of God, led by his spirit. You are freed from the oppression and burden of sin and the effects of sin in your life because of what Jesus has done for you. But also to live now as his child in the world. To show others what it means to live as his child and how it's completely different from what the world values. I mean, it's our sole focus here at Trinity, isn't it? To share the love and the good news of Jesus and to share with others how amazing it is to be a child of God, to rely on him, to be fully dependent upon him for all of our needs. In Jesus' name, amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in and through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord unto life everlasting. Amen.